Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Give it a try today. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget, to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so glad to be with you here again today. We have the privilege of doing yet another face-to-face conversation. I'm loving that most of our shows are this way now, more than just on Skype. We still do have some of those episodes, but today I'm sitting in a really nice office here in Springfield, Ohio, in one of the downtown buildings, and I'm sitting here with Derek Ellis, who is a counselor here in town. He runs the Brave Life Pastoral Counseling, and he also does Brave Life uh, Life Coaching, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but it's good to, uh, to have you here. Derek, welcome to the Voices in My Head podcast. Thank you so much. So listeners, you may be asking, why are we having uh, a counseling session here on the air? That's not exactly what we're doing today, uh, but we're in a room where counseling like this takes place, and Derek is a, a very capable counselor. He uh, did his undergrad work here in Springfield at Wittenberg University. He did his master's at Liberty. Um, he is a pastor at Champion City Vineyard, so he does a whole lot of different things. And he reached out to me a few weeks ago, and we were trying to set up a time to do this conversation together. And then tragedy struck. Now, it seems like we've had tragedy after tragedy, whether it be hurricane and then another hurricane and then another hurricane, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> You're just coming yeah. one after another. There's the national, um, you know, the the natural, not national, but there's the natural disaster sorts of things. And I think just those alone, if only by themselves, are enough to cause many of us trauma because yeah. we have... Um, a lot of it has friends, family members, people that are in that part of the world. And it's just a, it's kind of a nerve wracking thing. Nature is one of those things that, you know, it reminds us to use Rich Mullins uh, song. We are not as strong as we think we are. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yes. Um, definitely. Sure. And if that wasn't enough, um, there's political unrest everywhere. People are more upset than I've ever seen them in my lifetime. Um, people are, I think people experienced a real trauma after the election happened this year. And then if that wasn't enough, you know, with everything we're already talking about, we had the worst and most deadly mass shooting in our nation's history, at least recently. I mean, aside yeah. from uh, the Native Americans being massacred and all that, but I mean, yeah. in, in recent history and what we've seen on television, I'm sure it's no secret to anyone listening. 
Las Vegas, there was a shooter in a hotel room that shot down into a crowd at a country music festival and, and I believe killed over 60 people or close to 60 people I now. I think it was 59, 59. people were killed uh, and over 500 were injured. And just thinking about that, I, I saw something online that said, you know, in our in our biggest battle in Fallujah, that was about the exact same numbers as, as what happened. Mm. Um, that many injuries, that many deaths, um, and that was in an actual battlefield. So imagine here we are just at a concert. I'm playing a concert tonight here in Springfield. And so it has to be on people's minds, you yeah. know, like, am I even safe to go to a concert? Where do I go? And we always come back to this safety issue, which is something we're not guaranteed, and we might talk about that for a few minutes. But I'm going to be quiet here after all this long intro, and we're actually going to get to hear from Derek. But I thought it would be an appropriate time to just talk about maybe some of the things that we need to hear in moments like this. Maybe mm. from someone like you who's a professional. Um, you counsel people for a living. Um, you do it from a pastoral standpoint, and so uh, I think you're maybe, for our audience here who's listening in, maybe we can treat this as sort of a, all right, Voices in My Head podcast audience, this is sort of your counseling session yeah. <laughs> today when we get together yeah. to talk about some of these things. So um, just before we get into too deep in our conversation, tell us just a little bit about yourself. I've already told them about your educational background. I've told them about Brave Life Pastoral Counseling, which you can find if you look online. But tell us about you, maybe your family, maybe some hobbies. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so... Um we actually, my wife and I just welcomed um, a baby girl um, three weeks ago um, into the world, and so um, our second daughter. Um, so that's been lots of fun. Yeah. Big adjustment. Our three-year-old, you know, is loving being a big sister. <laughs> um, we're loving not getting any sleep. That's why you guys can't see this, but I have a like, <laughs> large 20-ounce coffee in that's front right. of me because... <laughs> We're recording this at eight thirty in the morning. That's right, That's I'm right. not. I'm not alive quite <laughs> yet. Um, and but, it's one of my favorite coffees, by the way. Winans, you know. Yeah, Winans, and it's the caramel kiss. Yeah, good so stuff. It is. So Winans, if you're listening and you want to endorse the next podcast, feel free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but so that's just. I mean, that's been the big thing for my family right now. It's mm-hmm. just been so much fun welcoming another. You know baby into the world and um so my wife and i we met at wittenberg mm-hmm. university um in a freshman bible study um we started dating like five months later we got engaged eight months later um it was definitely one of those god things mm. um of just here's this girl and nobody gets me quite like she does Mm -hmm. and it was just no turning back from that point and we've just we've been blessed with a really amazing marriage and Mm -hmm. so i like can confidently say like my wife is my absolute best friend in the world um we just have a lot of fun together we actually did a facebook live video here Hmm. um in the office yesterday kind of introducing the practice to people and nice i wanted people to see my personality and i was like no one else is gonna like draw my personality quite like my wife is (laughs) and so it's funny how they do that i know (laughs) yeah so that was just it was a lot of fun and she's just been my partner in absolutely everything um and then, like, for things like hobbies, 
Um, I love reading. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed um, with reading. Um, I'm, like, disappointed in myself this year because, like, my reading list, like, I've only gotten through, like, 25 books mm. this year, and I'm, like, really disappointed <laughs> in myself. Like, last year I did, like, 40 books that, that I read, nice. and I was really proud of myself, but I love reading anything and everything. Um, I'm a huge fan of music, mm. no matter what, you know, genre it is, kind mm. of a pop culture junkie. And and I could tell that because just before we started recording, I got us off on this rabbit trail about Johnny Cash, and uh, we went on for a while. And I had to steer us back we, to get you like, actually hey, had we... to steer me back because <laughs> I was like, "Well, this is my favorite Johnny Cash album. <laughs> we need to have a conversation for a yeah. podcast. We better get back to that. But yeah, we'll talk Johnny Cash later. But yeah, sorry. And there I go interrupting you again. No, you're <laughs> fine. No, so um, but yeah, th- I mean pretty simple guy i Mm. just love jesus Mm. love my wife love reading love music love my daughters good yeah good well let's start with um going from there and just hearing a little bit about who you are let's go into some of the things that are happening maybe in in the hearts and in the minds and sort of in the psyche of people I love the quote that I'm seeing on your wall right now from Joel 2.25. says, God can restore what is broken and change it into something amazing. All you need is faith. And restoring broken things, I really believe that is what God is in the business of doing. Yeah, absolutely. We are definitely in a broken world. It's it's no... uh, (laughs) It's no... It's no mystery. You just look around and you see brokenness everywhere. And I think we see it in in the huge, in the big events, but I think we also see it just locally in the small events. And we could walk out here on limestone any given time of day or morning, and we see the brokenness, you know, from time to time. So the specific brokenness I'm thinking of today for listeners of the the Voices in My Head podcast, um, just you as a person yourself. Let's let's just start right there, and and me as a person, okay? Um, I think it was Sunday night. And the news starts breaking. I don't think I maybe saw it until really Monday morning when I was yeah. waking up. But it happened kind of late Sunday night in Las Vegas. And with time zones and all, we don't all see it at once. But uh, my dad actually sent me a message. And my dad's not an emotional guy. All right, mm-hmm. So this tells you how deep of this is. Um, and he said he was just weeping watching Mm. the news um i've never seen my dad like do that (laughs) before um i've had other people tell me similar stories they're seeing things like this and it just feels like one more thing like i said before on top of so many other things yeah in your heart let's just talk about you and me as a person here we'll start with you what's your first reaction when when something like that happens when you when you see it Uh, on the news and we're seeing this sort of tragedy that's um i think the first question that kind of goes through my mind um and my wife and i talked about it the morning of because i broke the news to her Mm. she was eating breakfast and i told her about it um i think the initial question that i felt and that she felt was what is even safe anymore Mm mm-hmm like that's your that's the mm-hmm. base feeling of like 
what is even yeah because safe? because just to interrupt for one second I, yeah. even one week before this uh church in uh, Nashville Antioch Tennessee somebody yeah. came in and just started shooting people in the church you yes. know so churches concert venues um buildings i mean it's just yeah so safety that's a good one you go back to that again cuz everybody immediately wonders about safety okay? yeah um and so you know, there's this inherent sense of like, where can I go? What can I do where I stay safe? You know, and that that's the initial shock where it's like the numbers didn't even start rolling in yet. Mm-hmm. Like I just was on my Facebook and I just saw people posting like pray for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like there was a shooting, you know, there was there wasn't even any numbers. And then you start reading these numbers and there's videos coming out and there's all this stuff and. I tend to be fairly sensitive to that kind of stuff, so mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the videos. Yeah. But as a father, as a husband, just as a human being, you start thinking, like, what if I was there? Mm-hmm. Like, what are these families thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, what are these families feeling right now? You know, and I think it's a normal human thing to kind of place yourself into that situation and be like, what would I do? What if this was my spouse? What if these were my kids? Um, So, I mean, it is traumatizing because it's, you know, nothing seems sacred Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. And especially here in America Mm -hmm. where we do have a fairly – as tough as things have been we have a fairly cushy existence mm-hmm. um especially here in america when that illusion of control is kind of shattered yeah it does something to you where nothing feels yeah okay anymore and that's and that's part of it too that's what happened you you said it there your your illusion uh, yeah. is shattered and I do think we do have a lot of illusions about safety and sometimes we've we've created this myth about our country that you know, like for some reason we're different than everywhere else in the world, and yeah. and uh, the Onion always has these you know headlines that <laughs> yes. are, and and the headline this time was something like um, you know why why did these kinds of things happen or uh, are, are, are these kind of things never happen or something says the country where these kinds of things happen all the time yeah <laughs> and it is it is interesting to me because it is such an illusion because we have more mass shootings than anywhere else in the world in this yeah. country like it's not we talk about it being like such a safe place and and statistically it's just not and it's you know it's 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 funny because there's all kinds of, of race things in the news right now, and statistically, it's it's more white men who are doing it than yeah. you know anyone else in these mass shootings and things. Um, and so we we perpetuate illusions about it's other people and it's other groups and anything we can do to make it not about us. Yes, exactly. So, so we come with these illusions, and and so I'd like to talk about that maybe just a little bit. Part of why things, I think, hit us and cause us such trauma is because often those things that we thought were real and true end up maybe kind of dissolving, you yeah. know, and and we have to learn a new truth and maybe a new reality. Would you say I'm semi-accurate on, yeah, on that? Yeah, I would say that. I would, I would say that safety and a sense of safety is an inherent human need. Hmm. Like, before you can, you know, children, when they're growing up, need to have a sense of safety mm-hmm. within their home before they can develop 
emotionally before they can develop mm-hmm. um, academically, um, you know, relationship-wise. They need to have a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. If there's an inherent lack of safety, even from the beginning of life, then what you're going to see is children that grow up and start to cope with that lack of safety using substances, using violence, Mm -hmm. using um, sex, using different things to kind of cope with that and create, you know, a false sense of security Mm -hmm. um, by surrounding themselves with this, you know, negative behavior that feels good at the time. Um, and so, and so that's in a localized way. And we're talking about children just in their own home. We're talking about know. children just in their own home. Yeah. And so, when we have the media right now, which portrays mm-hmm. things on a global mm-hmm. scale, like we're not just talking about America, but we're also watching things that happen in Africa or Syria, mm-hmm. you know, in other parts of the world, and then in our own country. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to want to have a sense of safety sure. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not wrong. It's actually part of healthy human development, mm-hmm. and you can't really progress beyond a certain point if you don't feel safe because mm-hmm. then it's just survival mode, right. and nobody does well in survival right. mode for too long. Um, and so what happens is that when these tragedies strike, people begin to realize I'm not as safe as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And I think the danger comes in because the media perpetuates this Mm -hmm. image a little bit Mm -hmm. of, you know, anybody, everybody could be like the next target. Like Mm -hmm. it could happen to you. It could happen to you. And 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 it's a, and it's a very well-known rule in the media. If it bleeds, it leads. And so, and and when we talk about the media, there's so many different sources now. There are, and I'm not everything from ABC to Facebook at this point. I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, it's, it's anything, Mm -hmm. it's anything. And I'm definitely not calling out like any sort, but like social media, like just perpetuates you know like if it's fake news or something you know or a false article like it still might get shared a hundred thousand times Mm -hmm. um so anyway so so sorry just i'm just gonna interject here for a second with that i think even that's part of our um part of our problem with uh we're having illusions shattered about things we are because we have um, not only the illusion of safety, but in some ways, maybe some people's social media has been their safety for some time. And now they're finding out, oh, wow, we have all these, like, hey, people that are showing us, look, this is how you can tell if a story is fake. Yes. And then they're going like, well, everything I've believed in is fake that I've even been reading. How do I know? You know? And, yeah, and so we're, exactly. we're, we're taught new ways to, like, figure out. Okay, check the source, check the, you know, check the web address, see where it goes back to. And we're finding out about, you know, um, other countries, you know, buying propaganda and different things like that. So things that we thought were, you know, tried and true or even our favorite news networks or however it it goes. I think that's another part of this, you know, problem of the illusion that we have to learn how to deal with a new reality in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I think what... You know what it comes down to is that people, when these when they're confronted with these things, 
their illusion of safety completely is shattered. Mm. And so there's paranoia, there's fear, there's anxiety that springs up. And so it becomes traumatizing. Mm -hmm. It becomes very traumatizing (laughs) because then it's kind of um, like it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody at any time. And it's just we live in such an interesting time right now Mm -hmm. and I just like and just the media itself I don't think is healthy for people's minds for their spirits Mm -hmm. for their souls it's good to stay informed but there's a lot of emotionality that goes into the news Mm -hmm. today um well, and I think people feel unsafe even sharing their opinions sometimes. Oh, my gosh, Because yes. sometimes you can just share things like, um, uh, I haven't seen it quite this bad yet, but, you know, someone in frustration might say online, you know, uh, after a, a tragedy like a shooting in Vegas, you would think a pretty safe thing would be to say something like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do about these guns? And all of a sudden, yes. an argument happens from just a person saying a statement like that. Yeah. You won't take my man's to the point that I, I, you know, we couldn't even get into possibly what this could mean. But I was in a church a few weeks ago, and uh, I was there doing a concert, and one of the head ushers came up to me in the hallway um, and just started up a conversation with me. I was trying to listen to the sermon. I was next to my table in the foyer, and uh, he said it was a good time to start talking to me about all his guns that he owns you know (laughs) and i was like okay well just trying to listen to the sermon and he literally said this to me it shocked me for no other reason than i'm in a church he started talking about how much he hated democrats and then he started talking about um you know they want to kill babies that's one thing but if they come for my guns i'm gonna put my foot down that's literally what he said to me in a church and i was like wow Everything about what you just said seems completely anti-Christ to me. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. When I, that when does I hear, not sound like my. Yeah, and I and I hear that. I like it's rare. I hear that like face to face, but like yeah. somebody said it. But I could see somebody saying that on social media like oh, yeah. all the time. You know, at least he was face to face about it, and that scared me to death. Yeah, but um, it, it's just an interesting time because even in in what should be sort of at one time our would have been our personal computers in our world we could feel safe or wherever it's it's just all these illusions that we have that i think are getting shattered again and again and yeah. and so so we're at a place now i'm i'm going to try to to bring us up to uh where we are in our conversation once again sunday night happens and again another illusion of safety is taken yeah. away my, my initial reaction I start thinking about, you know, as a dad, I'm thinking about, wow, somebody is not a dad anymore. You yeah. Know? Um, or somebody has lost their dad or uh, somebody has lost a sibling or a best friend and, and for no other for no reason, really, other than yeah. they just went to a concert. Yeah. Um, and then what people start doing with that. I'd like to I'd like to talk about that a little bit before we get uh, too far and run out of our time uh, today together. You've already talked wonderfully about, like, you started out with home, and when children lose the illusion of safety, they'll start acting out yeah. in different ways. Yeah. And then as adults, we start seeing it globally, if I'm yeah. summarizing correctly. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll see in our world, people start 
acting out in unhealthy and unsafe ways. And then we receive information from other sources that aren't reliable. And then that gets shattered and we start acting out in, in unreasonable ways. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a big question to you here with, yeah. with all this in mind that we've just been talking about. Um, how do you think as a counselor if you were just going to talk to the average person that walked in and I am I'm just the average person walking in here to talk yeah. about today how should I be reacting you know I've, I've got the emotion there I'm, yeah. I'm hurt I'm angry yeah. uh, I'm upset about it in many ways I'm mostly just sad you know yeah. uh, I'm not a person that tends to dwell on anger a long time for a mm-hmm. lot of things but I get uh, I get very heartbroken yeah. and I want to know how I can help um, so here I am, average Joe, average James, walking in off the street. Yeah. And what do you say to someone like yeah. me that we're dealing with all these? Um, I'm I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking yeah. about my loved ones. Um, I'm thinking about going to church on Sunday. Is even church a safe say, place to be? Yeah. I'm playing a concert tonight. I'm going to be up on the stage. All right. And I'm not really scared about that, but I'm I'm going to act like I am just for yeah. this conversation. Um, Again, a new reality is there. What are your kind of initial thoughts just to somebody with all this anxiety that's been created right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually talking with a friend last night about this very topic of um, grieving, which is what you're describing. Mm -hmm. All those emotions are grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, It's mourning. And that is perfectly healthy. That's perfectly healthy. It's a very normal reaction. Um, We as humans place ourselves within the context of the situation that we're hearing about to Mm -hmm. see how we would react. Um, How would that affect us? What would our world be like? It's our way of empathizing Mm -hmm. and to try and make sense of this tragedy Mm -hmm. um, that's sitting in front of us, which feels in a lot of ways like it can't be understood Mm -hmm. and so we try and put a framework around it of saying like this is my life and so like if this was my life what would i do this is the only way i can understand that because i'm not there right now um and so everything that you're you know thinking and you know feeling and experiencing is completely normal um and i actually think to a certain degree it's healthy because what it does is it demonstrates some emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. It demonstrates an awareness of this is real life. Like that illusion now is kind of shattered. It's not, um, I do have to be thoughtful. I do have to be, um, you know, these are things to consider because those people went to a Jason Aldean concert. Mm-hmm. They weren't expecting what happened. Right. Um, and so in our day and age, it does show an awareness. It shows a healthy appreciation for what happened. Um, but at the same time, what I would say is, you know, how much energy will you spend dwelling on what happened? Or how much energy will you spend living your life? Hmm. That's the main question that I would ask because mm-hmm. it's outside of our control. Mm-hmm. What has happened is outside of our control and it's good to recognize what happened, to love 
you know, to pray for those people. Mm-hmm. If you know people there, to reach out, to send, you know, cards, to pour out to, like, first responders and stuff mm-hmm. like that that dealt with the initial, because they're sure. dealing with their own trauma. They sure. were there in it, you know, dealing with the traumatic um, aftermath. But at the same time, how much influence do you have over that situation? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is we have very little influence over what happened in Las Vegas or yeah. even the aftermath of what's happening. And so how much energy will you spend dwelling on this negative event mm-hmm. and tragic experience that happened and how much energy are you going to spend continuing to mm-hmm. live your life right um i think what happens is that we can get sucked into this downward spiral mm-hmm. a little bit especially with media and i keep coming back to that because media puts it back in front of your face mm-hmm. and especially since so much of our life and culture is built around the internet now um, we have instant access to images, videos, mm-hmm. um, people that were there at the concert taking videos, you know, all this stuff. And so it's very, very easy to be like, I'm going to spend an hour watching this happen mm-hmm. and watching reports on it and yeah. watching and ultimately dwelling on it to that extent and obsessing Mm -hmm. over the tragedy itself is not beneficial for anyone right you know i can assure you there are lots of people that were probably there Mm -hmm. at the event will show a more healthy resilience in getting on with their life Mm -hmm. and recovering they're not going to spend hours watching it Mm. they're not going to be reading the news reports yeah about it because it's part of their story and they're going to work towards integrating it into Mm. their life as a part of what happened to them not the whole of their life but a part of what happened to them but then they're going to want to continue to live their life yeah like that story doesn't define them Mm -hmm. and i think the danger comes in is are we going to let the tragedy define us Mm -hmm. Or are we going to let our resilience and our ability to get back out there and love fearlessly and continue right. to serve and to continue to live our life and to continue mm-hmm. to build the kingdom be what defines us? Yeah. Um, and for every person, that question is going to be that answer to that question is going to be very different. Yeah. But I feel like that's where we have to settle is what's going to define us sure. going forward. Well, I I think that's really good to hear about, and and I think it's it's good too as we talk about this. It is okay to grieve, and I love that you yes. kind of affirm that. And it and that's going to take a while for people to do. And there's a difference between grieving over something and obsessing over something. There is, and for sure. And I think um, it's healthy. And maybe in the church, sometimes we're the worst for some reason of of letting not letting people grieve like we want to we oh, want to yeah. find the silver lining on everything as quick oh, as possible yeah. i've been at funerals that it's just felt so inappropriate like you know somebody just traumatically lost a loved one or something and and i'll hear <laughs> so i'll give you an example okay um i'm not going to say which church but um one i've been affiliated with and someone had just lost their father 
And a woman in the church came in and said to this person, praise the Lord, your dad's with Jesus. You know, like that was the first thing out of their mouth. There was not any like, I'm so sorry for Mm. this hole in your life. You know, I'm so sorry that uh, it would be so much more appropriate if Christians, I think, could help people understand that grieving, first of all, is normal. Like you just said, where there's healthy grief, maybe you could say to someone, you know, I understand that person is with Jesus, but that also means a person who reminded of so much of Jesus is gone now, you know, yeah. and this hole in our life. And I realize that it's yeah. hurting so bad. And there's just such a, a difference in, in healthy grief. And we go to the Psalms and we see so many Psalms that are just crying out from the deepest pain. Um, and yet I think if we turn this conversation into what faith should be and what our faith with God should be, yeah. um, I think that's how we um, walk in this world you said some really good things just now about how this is not the story that defines us. We integrate yeah. these things into it. But as Christians, and especially if you're a Christian listening to this podcast, we still know, we, we need to know, our story still hasn't changed in the grand scheme of things. No, Our story still is that we are citizens of a heavenly realm, Yeah, that we want to live this out on earth. And so our response as Christians, yes, we grieve, yes, we're hurt, um, sometimes we need to just go with our anger to the Psalms that are angry and just pray them out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Know that God is the one who hears and answers those prayers so that we don't take it into our own hands, for one thing. Yes. And then allow God also to, in giving us his answer back, see that his answer to all of these things is who we believe is our Messiah, Jesus. Yeah. That we see in him um, not only a person who faced all these things, Mm -hmm. but actually endured maybe even much worse through the cross. I think about about Jesus, and it's not so much, at least my theology would say, it's not so much that Jesus endured the wrath of God as he was going to the cross. It was that Jesus was absorbing all of our wrath. Like mm. like mine and yeah. my sin and all of my pain and all of my hurt and all these ways that we've been talking about when people start destructively acting out upon yes. things. Yeah. And I feel like the cross is Jesus. It's this picture of our God absorbing all those things from us. Yeah. And coming back uh, to life um, – not with uh, a weapon in hand, <laughs> not with saying you'll never do that to me again. Yeah, but honestly, coming back, living in this world again, and showing his disciples again, this is how you live this life with open arms. Yeah, this world may harm you, but guess what? I've overcome the world. You know, it's. I'm reminded of the story of the resurrection of Lazarus, mm. and we were talking a minute ago about healthy grieving Mm -hmm. and about overcoming the Mm -hmm. world. And Jesus, you know, he gets there to the, you know, he's sent for and says like, you know, our brother is sick, please come heal him. And Jesus takes his time to get there. Um, And by the time he gets there, Lazarus has already been dead Mm -hmm. and he's been buried and watching Mary and Martha grieve, Jesus weeps. <laughs> and, like, if you really think about it, it's interesting because 
it's not like Jesus didn't know that he was going to resurrect Lazarus. It's not that Jesus suddenly was weeping because he had like this lack of faith Mm. or anything like in the father's purpose or who the father is. Jesus wept because it's good to grieve. Mm. It's good to hurt with those who hurt, Mm. you know, and conversely rejoice with those who rejoice. Like it's, Mm. it's good. But that didn't mean because there was healthy grieving involved that Jesus didn't understand also that he was able to overcome Mm. what there was, Yeah, you know? And so I think that is the big difference. He was the answer. Mm-hmm. He was the solution to the issue, but that didn't stop him from grieving right, in a healthy manner and in a healthy way. And I think what we see in the person of Jesus is, you know, a great model of what it means mm-hmm. to have hope and yet to mourn. Mm-hmm. And that those things can go coexist with one another and mm-hmm. it's not they're not at tension right with one another um they're both normal healthy good responses yeah. to when things like tragedy strike hmm. so well that's good i think that's something very important and we really need to recapture that in our in our faith journeys together too i think and you know the story of israel if you look throughout the old testament i mean it was a lot of tragedy and a lot of trauma and yet they were always had their vision set on there will be a world where one day god as just as your wall talks about god is going to restore the broken things you know and there will be a time and we look at the where scripture is heading to in the end of even revelation and there is this beautiful picture of a new heaven, a new earth. And yeah. um, and I think it's something that we see embodied in the kingdom of God in people right now as we choose to live as people. Um, my mind goes to often when I hear of, of shootings, and honestly, this, this is the other part of it. I've become a little bit cynical through all of the violence that we have in our society, and maybe it's a self-protection thing. But I almost wake up weekly now and I think, wonder where it'll be this week, you know. Mm. And and when I heard about the Vegas shooting, it was a tragedy to me. But I thought, as shocked as I am, I'm still not surprised, you know. Like yeah. it's just it's something like that. Um, and so I hear things like that, and I try not um, to be in that cynical type mode. But I need to be reminded um, the story that of uh these amish people who if you remember a few years ago a yeah. man went in and he he 